Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Um, I'm sorry I could not get to the show yet Thursday. I just a really busy day along with school again, but it's uh, lightening up now. Um, for this episode, we're going to talk about the Penguins' outstanding win over the Colorado Avalanche. Really, I don't think a lot of people saw coming, I don't think. And uh, we're also going to preview the game against the Dallas Stars tonight. Um, they, they will play... Um, the Dallas Stars in Pittsburgh. The Stars are really struggling this year for whatever reason. Um, and then also we'll maybe look ahead to tomorrow night's game versus the Vegas Golden Knights. But first, of course, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And I guess let's just jump right into it. Um, the Penguins defeated the Colorado Avalanche 3-2. They, there were no more unbeatens in the NHL. They fell to 5-0-1 and while the Penguins improved to 5-2 and and got to second in the Metropolitan Division, two points off of the Carolina Hurricanes. And this was a very, very good win for the Penguins. Uh, they were taking it to Colorado in that first period. They had no... Um, they, they just had no... I'm like blanking on the word that I'm looking for right now. Like they just could not stop uh, the Penguins' forecheck at all in that period. The Penguins were coming at them in waves. Um, the power play looked really good that first period, even though Justin Schultz uh, was making me mad a little bit a couple times. He was firing the puck really good, but it was just going a hair wide uh, for whatever reason. I don't know why, but um, um, but still, uh, but let's just start with Sidney Crosby. I mean, what else would you need to say now? 12 points in seven games, putting the team on his back. That goal that he had to tie the game late in the first period um, – I compare it to I don't know I don't know how many how many of you guys have watched Jeff Dunham he's the ventriloquist that um, you uh, talks to himself with puppets but he Crosby literally made Eric Johnson he literally and figuratively made Eric Johnson and Samuel Gerrard his puppets in that sequence and it was disgusting the way he like he went around Johnson he like he didn't close his hand on the puck but he uh, went on his hand. Puck dropped down, went around Johnson, and then absolutely deeped Gerard and Bia Grubauer to the backhand. It was just a vintage uh, Crosby goal. He's done that kind of move so many times throughout his career. It, you know, it's just it's it's amazing how he keeps doing this as he gets older. He's so good. Um, and, and his celebration afterwards, he just looked at his teammates like, yep, I, I did that. <laughs> he just, like, I did that again because I'm arguably the best player in the world. Um, I know Connor McDavid is off to a ridiculous start. I thought saw he had 17 points in seven games. Crosby, though, not far behind him. Um, they're both off to red-hot starts, showing why they are the two um, best players in the league. Um, but, yeah, Crosby, I mean, it's it's – uh, it's it's just insane how he keeps doing this. And then on the Gensel goal, he had that gorgeous feed to uh, Jake, and Jake just roofed it past Grubauer. It, it takes a lot of skill to roof that puck the way he did, considering it was right on his backhand, and he got it to his forehand. And he didn't have a lot of space to roof that uh, puck bar down, but he did. That's a goal scorer's goal. And um, folks, I think we might need to start uh, thinking about potentially 45 to 50 goals for Jake Gensel this year. He's already closing in on 10. We're not even 10 games into the season. Um, there is a, because he had 40 last year, there is an outside chance that I think, uh, folks, that he might get 50 this year. Um, it would not surprise me. Um, this kid is freakishly good. And yeah, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, he was, it was a great goal to see. And then for Colorado's side, um, Nathan McKinnon, I know he got hurt on that Hornquist hip check. It looked a little dirty at the first time I saw, but then I, uh, they showed a replay a few times. 
it was, I think it was a textbook hip check in my opinion. I don't think really Hornquist um, wasn't trying to do anything malicious on there. Patrick Hornquist has never really been known as a dirty player anyway, even though he goes to the net a lot and causes chaos. He's not a dirty player. He doesn't do anything like, like Tom Wilson has done in, in his career or Brad Marchand, Milan Lucic, just those kind of players. So um, I saw McKinnon was laboring, but he did have that awesome uh, goal or that Rantanen uh, pass right to uh, McKinnon. He roofed it past Matt Murray. Um, that was a bad uh, play by Dumoulin on that part. Dumoulin did not have a good game. Um, really poor game by him. Had a couple bad turnovers. Uh, was guilty of a penalty um, in the third period. Um, yeah, just just a not not the vintage Brian Dumoulin game that we're used to seeing. But he'll bounce back. It's Brian Dumoulin. Uh, Crystal Tang, I thought was he also had a couple turnovers, which I didn't really like. I didn't really like the way he played the Rantanen two on one with McKinnon. I would have honestly forced Rantanen to go outside a little bit because he gave the pass wide open to McKinnon. He just gave him the middle of the ice almost. So I, if I were Latang, I would have played that differently. Um, I'm sure in the future he probably will. I mean, he's a quick learner. Um, he's not – it's fine, I guess. Um, there was, a one, there was a no, one play with Latang that – and it was in the overtime. Um, the ref called the hybrid icing. I still hate hybrid icing at times, and that was one of the times. Latang beat the Colorado Avalanche player to the puck, and they called icing. And, I mean, the crowd booed because, of course, they booed. I mean, it's in Pittsburgh. But I, I even saw the replay of that, and I was like, um, what? Like, I, I didn't really understand that. But, you know, that's NHL officiating for you. Uh, you know, they, they do that kind of stuff. Um, it's all those little calls. I did feel bad also about the uh, linesman that went down. Um, he took a little tumble. Looks like someone um, – Look, he went down really quick. Uh, I don't know what if it was a bad ice. You know, no one, the ref didn't get hit or anything. I think he just stumbled on the ice and he hit his head on the boards, and he uh, did not return to the game. So that there had to be only um, two refs, I think, and one linesman for the rest of the game. So that was unfortunate to see. I think it was uh, Michelle Sharad. Char- uh, I think is his name. I'd have to go back and check, but. Um, uh, was, um, I'm glad hopefully, it was announced on the broadcast by Doc Emmerich that he's doing well. They just didn't want to bring him in uh, because of precaution. So, uh, so yeah, um, just all in all, a really good win. Um, of course, um, the overtime game-winning goal. So the game ended up going into overtime, um, and the Penguins went short, went down short-handed because Brian Jimlin, he, he was mouthing off to the ref saying, oh, that wasn't a slash. I even read his lips. He was like, come the hell on. And it was it was a slash. That was a textbook slash. I I, I know Latang had uh, gripes on the icing. Wait, that was not icing, but at Dumo, that was that was a slash, man. And so the Avalanche went on the power play. Um, it was not looking like a good power play first, and then all of a sudden, Brandon Tana comes up the ice two on two, uh, goes around the defender, just puts you know just the how old, old hockey cliche put the puck on the net, and it bounces off Gabriel Landeskog's stick. And in the net before he could uh, corral it back, and Brand- that's how Brandon Tanev gets his first uh, NH uh, goal as a Penguin. And wow, he uh, he really celebrated. It looks like you know that celebration was like he sent the Penguins to the Stanley Cup final or something because that was it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see I the crowd behind him like just jump up and celebrate. They were into the game all night. Uh, stop doing the wave, people. Ugh. Like enough, enough with the wave. Like it is. A bad thing. It is stupid. Like, almost every team that does the wave, your team loses. Uh, you know, I, I, I also get that from the Nationals because they, whenever the Nationals 
make fun of it, the Nationals always win. But um, anyways, uh, Brandon Tanev, also guys, stop me if you've heard this before, Brandon Tanev drew another penalty. Um, he's on pace to, I think, what, break the record for uh, most strong penalties in, in, in a single season? Uh, wouldn't be surprised me if he did. Well, probably not. It'll come down at some point. But uh, Brandon Tanev, just another great game from him. He's He's been one of their best players through seven games. And, and yeah, I mean... That was a that was a and it was a fluky bounce, but you know what? You'll take that when you're down five of your top nine forwards. Jared McCann, of course, when I thought you know 95% chance that he would play because usually Sullivan when Sullivan says they're the game time decision he plays, of course the 5% chance that he did not play. Sullivan still said that McCann is a game time decision tonight against the Dallas Stars. Uh, we'll see this time. I'm not going to make any um, estimates though. He did practice in uh, full capacity, so I maybe well, I'm not going to say anything this time. I won't say anything. But yeah, just a great win by the Penguins. That's a really good Colorado team they beat. Uh, one of the, probably the uh, one of the teams in the West that definitely could win the West. Um, and they did a really good job on their top line defensively. Besides two uh, little bad broken down plays on Calvert and McKinnon and Rantanen, just a really nice game by the Penguins. Um, I don't think a lot of people gave them a shot to win that game since they were down five forwards. But uh, to get to five and two, the way that they're playing right now. It's, it's great stuff, especially with how Sidney Crosby is carrying the team. And uh, Matt Murray also enjoyed a really another stellar outing. Um, those two goals he gave up, he had no chance on. But another stellar outing. And, yeah, just a great win going into now tonight against the Dallas Stars. All right, so how about some more vivid seats for you all? It's an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With vivid seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to uh, any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and etc., through the Vivid Seats app. With reward statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn from up to 10% up to 16% credit on all their purchases through the app for the month of August. Well, actually in October, excuse me. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. You just have to go to the App Store or Google Play and download the app for yourself. All right, so the Penguins will be back in action tonight. It's a 7 o'clock game against the Dallas Stars. And, yeah, the Dallas Stars this year, they have, um, especially coming off a second-round um, playoff exit to the St. Louis Blues. They're actually up, I believe, three. Yeah, they're up three games, two in that series. They almost bleat the Blues. They were off to a 1-6-1 in in one start this season. Uh, just not good enough from the Stars at all. Um, I don't know what's going on down there. Um I'd have to see what um, if Ben Bishop is not doing good. Um, it especially doesn't help when uh, your last two losses, uh, they've been outscored 7-2 in their last two games, 4 nothing loss to Buffalo on Monday, who's been red hot to start the season. I did not expect to see that. And then they also lost to Columbus, uh, who's not been as good this year. Uh, then they also they have a back-to-back -back starting. Uh, after they play Pittsburgh, of course, tonight, they'll go to Philadelphia to conclude this four-game road trip. Um, last season, the Stars, they were big on goaltending. Uh, ben Bishop was one of the best goaltenders in hockey last season. Uh, I think he had a very strong case to win the Vezina. He honestly should have won it. Um, this season, though, not been good. 1-4-1. in four and one. Uh, He's got given up 17 goals, um, 8.99 save percentage. But Anton Hudobin is also 0-2. Um, he has an 877 save percentage. So through eight games, they're getting sub-900 goaltending. Uh, you can't win many games with that. Um, 
Uh, Rupens, uh, he's been their, uh, their best player so far. Five points in eight games, four of those are goals. Always have to be aware of Tyler Sagan. He can score well. He's one of the best players, underrated, most actually most underrated players in hockey. He has four points. Miro Heiskanen, he's going to be one of the best defensemen in the league in a few years. Uh, he already has four points, eight games. They still have Alexander Radulov. Um, they also have Joe Pavelski. They signed Pavelski over the offseason to replace um, uh, they, they, Zuccarello because Zuccarello went to the wild. He only has two points in eight games. And the same goes for Jamie Benn, who won the Art Ross uh, just a few years ago. And he's also, yeah, just a lot of their players are off to really slow starts is the big theme for um, uh, the Stars. And they're also, um, if I'm not mistaken, are they still putting Essa Lindell on the top pairing with John Klingberg? Because if that is so, I feel very, very bad for John Klingberg. Um, one of the best defensemen in the league. He does not get nearly enough credit that he deserves um, as one of the best defensemen in the league, he gets overlooked a lot of times. Um, he could honestly, you could have made the case that he should have won the Vesna last season. And the Vesna, of course, not the Vesna, the Norris Trophy. I don't know why. Of course, when I say Vesna, had Ben Bishop in my mind. But um, of course, like I said, he could have had a strong uh, case to win the Norris. They're just a lot of their players are just off to really, really slow starts. And of course, my text tone goes off, whatever. But this is a team still with a lot of high end talent. Like I said, Hint, Sagan, Heisman, Radulov, uh, Pavelski, Ben, Roddick Fox is still there. Um, they signed Andre Sak uh, Sakura in the offseason. Cogliano is still there. John, uh, uh, they also signed Corey Perry in the offseason, but he's only played one game this year. It looks like he's been a scratch for most of the games. Uh, Blake, Com Blake Como is still there. Um, for some reason, they're still icing Roman Polak. Um, if he's still getting top four minutes, which I think he might be if I have to look up their uh, line combinations here, uh, that would be a big yikes in the chat. Um, let me just make sure here that he's not getting... Is he getting... Okay, okay, so he doesn't look like he's in their top six right now. So it looks like Alexiak, so former Penguin Jamie, Jamie Alexiak is on the bottom pairing with Fidun. Heiskanen is with Sakura, and they are actually still putting um, SL Lindell with John Klingberg, which I don't understand why. Just, I mean, just put uh, Heiskanen with Klingberg, in my opinion. But um, uh, Pavelski is on their third line, it looks like, uh, this season at times. But their big line, they have still Jason Dickinson. Um, interesting why they don't have... In on the second line, I'm looking at their uh, dailyfaceoff.com, which was last updated today. So I'm kind of uh, confused as to why Dickinson was with Sagan and Radulov and not Jamie Benn. But uh, yeah, this is their power play unit. They can throw out a lot of talent. So the Peng uh, Penguins penalty killers got to be aware of that. Pavelski, Benn, Radulov, Sagan, Klingberg. Uh, that has the ability to be one of the best power play units in the league. Um, for the Penguins tonight, Matt Murray is going to get the start, which um, is interesting to me. Um, I'm definitely a bit um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I was surprised that he was going to start tonight considering that the Vegas Golden Knights are coming tomorrow. But um, I do have a question though. Is Ve uh, the Ve Are the Vegas Golden Knights playing tonight? Uh, that might be a reason why – uh, no, 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 so they do not. So Flurry is going to start tomorrow night since they're not playing tonight, but um, we'll see if Tristan Jari goes tomorrow night for the Penguins. I imagine he would, considering it's a back-to-back. -back. But they also could throw Murray out back there if the Penguins um, win tonight, and he doesn't see a lot of action. But um, this is a game that the Penguins should win, um, but still beware. The Stars have a lot of talents very early in the season. I know they've lost 7 of 8, but still a lot of talent they have on that team. Ben Bishop can... Um, 
go. He can have a good game in any minute. Um, so he's a big uh, goaltender. There's not a lot of places where you can honestly score on him. So you're just gonna have to fire a lot of pucks on him. But uh, yeah, this will be a big opportunity for the Penguins to try to get to six and two before a big showdown against the Golden Knights, who are five and three uh, going into um, the game tomorrow night. And we'll get to that um, in a second. But uh, yeah, this should be a very uh, this should be a good game for the Penguins. Um, they gotta. You know, make sure they're still good defensively. Keep playing them the way they played, especially against Colorado. Minus the couple of um, mishaps or turnovers that they had uh, during that game where McKinnon uh, and Calvert made them pay, of course. All right. So the Penguins, like I said, they'll be playing the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night at home, which will conclude their three-game uh, homestand before they go on the road for a few games, I believe. Yeah, they have the two Florida teams next week. They play Florida, the Panthers, and the Lightning. The Lightning game will be on Wednesday night at hockey, as I said on one of the last episodes. And then they will also be playing uh, the the Stars. Oh, yeah, of course, they'll be playing the Stars in another week. Down in Dallas, Texas. Maybe my uncle will go to that game. He's not far outside of Dallas. So I'll have to tell him that the uh, Penguins are coming to uh, Dallas uh, next weekend. But um, for this game, the Vegas Golden Knights, um, this is one of the the shortlist teams on the West that I think can win the West. They're so good. They're so deep at forward. They're, they're, their defense is still good. Marc-Andre Fleury is still good in net, though. You have to be wary, of course, his playoff history. But the Vegas has the luxury of running out two first Lines. There are not a lot of teams in this league that have the luxury of rolling out like two lines that are, would be a first line on like probably 20 NHL teams, maybe even more than that. But they, but Vegas can do that. So here's their first line that they'll roll out. Jonathan Marcheseau, William Carlson, Riley Smith. So if you don't think that line, if it, it doesn't stop there though, Max Pacioretty, Paul Stastny, Mark Stone. That is just, that is one that's not fair. Two, that's utterly disgusting. And, and three, it's like, I don't know how you, like, see teams will game plan for that. Like, uh, I mean, Daily Faceoff has their second line ranked as the that's just the top second line in all of hockey. They have the first line ranked as the number 17th first line. Well, honestly, I'd probably put it in my top five to top ten. But uh, you, the fact that you can ice Mark Stone on your second line, who's one of the best wingers and one of the best players in the league, is nothing short of remarkable. Um, Stone, of course, acquired from the Senators, signed that massive a long-term extension. Playing next to Pacioretty, who started out slowly for them last year, but then picked it up. Paul Stastny, he's still good. William Carlson had a bit of a, a, le- a little letdown of the year last season, but... Um, of course, you know, it's hard to recoup that shooting percentage that he had that year prior where it was like, what was it, 16% or something like that, and he scored over 40. Um, Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau, they're still putting up numbers like no tomorrow. Their bottom six is still, um, it's still, well, their fourth line, I don't really like their fourth line, but still Cody Glass, Cody Eakin, Brandon Peary. It's about time Brandon Peary is actually getting um, NHL minutes. I don't know why he has been... Um, up and down through the HL and the NHL. He's put up good NHL numbers throughout his career. So it's kind of weird to see why some teams are not like uh, just keeping him there. I don't know why he keeps getting sent down. So he should be a regular. And then their fourth line, William Carrier, Thomas Nosek, and former Penguin Ryan Reeves, who they traded for a first-round pick for him a couple years ago before dealing him in the Broussard trade. I still will never understand that trade. Uh, their defense, uh, Shea Theodore is awesome. Um, he's really coming into his own. Um, Braden McNabb is on the top pairing. Ugh, Nick Holden, John Merrill. John Merrill's not bad. Derek England is still there. And Nicholas Hogg. It looks like um, Nate Schmidt is out for the, uh, this game. So he's hurt. And then, of course, 
Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury will likely be a net as he makes um, another return to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch uh, Fleury come back. Of course, a lot of people will be seeing, uh, I'm sure a lot of fans will be bringing signs to see him. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is one of um, this generation's uh, favorite players. Well, a lot of fans' uh, generation's favorite players, I should say. So... Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll maybe get Murray versus Flurry tomorrow. I think it's long overdue. I don't think it was. Was it Murray versus Flurry? Um, no, no. When um, I think when it was uh, this year, last year in Pittsburgh, I think it was Subban versus Murray, Malcolm Subban, of course. And then the year before, it was Flurry versus. Um, I think it was. I don't know if we had Flurry versus Murray that year, but I think we had Flurry versus Murray in Vegas. Yeah, we've had it in Vegas. I don't know if we've had a Pittsburgh. I'll have to double check. But um, yeah, this is a big opportunity for the Penguins to potentially get another sweep, another back to back. They did sweep a back to back, of course, last weekend with the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild on the road. This time they'll get a back to back at home before another back to back comes. Like I said, this coming week when they play the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Tristan Jari will get one star for that. I imagine it'll be against the Panthers, and then Mark Matt Murray, I'm sure, will get the start against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, yeah, that will do it, I think, for this episode. Of course, follow my Twitter at Hunter Hodes, uh for my live tweets and my thoughts during the game. Also, LO underscore Penguins. I know I didn't have my live uh, thoughts for the game last time. Apologize for that. I'm going to try to get to that tonight. But um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we'll be back with episodes starting on mo- uh, Monday. Um, I guess I, I didn't know, actually, that you're not supposed to do episodes on weekends, I don't think, I guess because of uh, the ads and all that. Sorry I didn't get uh, a couple episodes this week. But I will be doing a full week next week and moving forward. So that's my uh, so you have all that that look to look forward to, and yeah, let's go Pens. Hopefully they'll get the win a couple wins this weekend, and we'll uh, dissect it all and discuss it all all on Monday. All right, take care everyone.